All right, it is six o'clock. Good evening, everyone. I'm Kimberly M. Starks, accredited public relations practitioner and principal consultant of the specialist communications firm, Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. This evening, we're in for a treat. We have Andrea D. Smith of the ADS Agency joining us this evening, and she is going to talk about brand building and the power of personalized experiences. Andrea, thank you so much for being here this evening. My pleasure, Kimberly. It's absolutely awesome to be here with you. You know, I'm a fan of Blue Scorpion. And so anytime you want us, we're here. (laughs) Yes. And the same for the ADS agency. And for our viewers, I have to share this story because Andrea really got me thinking on this question. So as we talk, I want you all out there to be thinking about this question, too. It had me stumped, but I have an answer. Okay, so Andrea and I, we met in 2018, and it was at the Commerce Club, and she had one question for me. Am I a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Oh, and that question alone just really got me going. So, Andrea, before I give my answer, Andrea, please share with us the your story behind that question okay yes and I'm so glad you reminded me of that because (laughs) I (laughs) it's been a while since I asked someone that question but I do have it on my website our contact us section is coffee or tea (laughs) (laughs) so this came from um my time in Scotland I got to spend a year in Scotland before I came here to Atlanta like five years ago And they turned me into a tea drinker among so many other things, like a believer in walking and, and um, a love for pedestrian friendly cities and so many other things like that. But tea was a big takeaway. And so when you, um, yeah, you, you made me go get some tea actually. Uh, And this is one of my favorite mugs from that time too. Got to go to Amsterdam when I was there. So I love these, those little, I forgot what they call these little gingerbread house like buildings. Oh, that's cool. They, uh, they make me happy. And so, yeah, so ever since Scotland turned me to a tea drinker, um, you know, that's just been my my go-to. Like I can really have tea over coffee, you know, because in, in America, we're such a coffee culture. Yeah. Um, my parents are, we grew up making coffee for them all the time and um, love the smell of it. And I, and nothing against coffee, but tea just became my thing. You almost drink it like you breathe air there. It's <laughs> So yeah, that's the story behind the whole coffee or tea question. Like which one? (laughs) Here's my answer. I'm I'm unabashed in my answer. I have my coffee in one hand and my tea in the other. So (laughs) So I'm both. (laughs) (laughs) So before we dive into this evening's discussion, I would love to have the honor of introducing our audience to you. So I'm going to read your bio. Okay. Andrea D. Smith is a marketing and branding professional with over 15 years of global and corporate experience. She's managed over 70 brand professionals in 17 different countries, handled the branding and communications efforts for 160 million euro M&A ventures and now brings that Savoir Fair. Did I say that right? Savoir Savoir Fair. Yes. (laughs) I tried. 
That was good. That was good. <laughs> but she brings that to her small and medium-sized business clients with the ADS agency. Andrea D. Smith is uh, just phenomenal. So with that, let's dive into our conversation. All right. And- Looking forward to it. Yes. And just to give the disclaimer to our our viewers, each business is unique in size and experience and complexity. Therefore, some of the information to a degree may not be applicable. Take from this what is applicable to you and your business needs. So we've heard a bit about you, Andrea, but I would love to hear more. Tell us about you and what you love and how you started the ADS agency. Yes, absolutely. Well, how much time do you have? Because (laughs) (laughs) I could talk to you all day about all that, but let me try to give you the short truncated version. Um, You know, I, I didn't know I liked marketing and branding so much at all. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know those were disciplines that anybody spent time in, had jobs in, took as careers, even had businesses in. I just never occurred to me. No one around me growing up was in those spaces of marketing and branding. We didn't have a lot of business owners around us and not like in our immediate family or anything either. Um, Everyone was in education, um, you know, go country people. And uh, that's, that's where I came from, you know, so, so when you're growing up and Kimberly, you might be able to identify with this too, but growing up, uh, you know, you, you notice some things that you're good at and you seem to excel at more than other people. Um, everybody has their own little gift areas. And so for me, my, my little gift areas of, you know, I, I always did well in writing. Um, you know, English was a great, a great subject for me. Uh, loved reading. Um, I felt like I had a nice creative bone, you know, whenever there was any kind of art projects or, um, any kind of presentations to be done. Um, even in grad school, people were like, you know, who are we going to get to do the presentation? It's going to be Andrea, you know. <laughs> um, you know, there were all just these little things, um, but none of it ever translated over into any kind of career of any kind uh, up until, I, and so forever I thought I wanted to be a doctor, Kimberly. I thought, you know, that was going to be my thing and and don't hold it against me but it was because of um, Dr. Ben Carson before he was political um, you know he wrote those books the gifted hand gifted hands think big and they were just so inspiring and impressionable to me as a seventh grader and that's that's what made me think I'm, I should be a doctor like I should be like Dr. Carson and be a doctor um, and it wasn't until my junior year in college that that I ever thought anything else. Um, And, you know, it's just so many things and just call it, chalk it up to the healthcare industry and how that is today. I think I had some really rose colored glasses on about what that experience was probably going to be like. And, um, you know, by the time I realized this might not be my cup of tea for real, no pun intended, (laughs) um, maybe pun intended. I then, you know, I had no clue. I had no idea what else I would do with myself. And I just reasoned, you know, to my 20 something year old self back then, well, the rest of the world is business and I have no business background. And what if I got an MBA and, you know, it's a two-year program, maybe I can figure it out in that program. And, you know, I was just crossing my fingers, praying I would, you know, that would happen. 
And that was my first introduction to marketing and branding classes. It wasn't even until grad school that I even was introduced to it. And it was just a, a whole another world opened up for me. And I just fell in love with everything about it, the psychology behind it, the behaviors, why people do what they do, why we think what we think, what makes us move, what causes us to act. Uh, what we're drawn to. It just spoke volumes to me and I've been chasing it ever since. So yeah, that's how I, that's how I got into this. And this business started four years, um, four years ago after, after all those, you know, decade and a half of experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely love it. And, and kudos to you for being in business for four years. That is no small feat. So <laughs> yes, a, a moment of celebration it. there. <laughs> yes, but your your story is almost similar to mine in that I too didn't know much about public relations. My path was I wanted to be a reporter and that was all I knew. And it wasn't until I became a reporter and started meeting people who were introducing me to different subjects as you know the PR professional in that role that I thought, hmm, maybe I could you know do that. So, yeah, I, I loved your your story. So now you are an expert in your field. You are a business owner. A lot of people get what you and I do confused: public relations <laughs> and marketing all the time. Uh, Let's just say we're like close cousins. Yes. Yes. So share with us, what is the difference between those disciplines and throw in their sales and customer support? Because people do confuse marketing with sales too. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they do. Yes, indeed. So this is a wonderful teachable moment for all those who are confused. And it is very easy to get confused, you know, because people call it different things all the time. Mm -hmm. And it depends on who you've been around and that just shapes your thoughts of these words and these disciplines. Um, so there's marketing, there's marketing, which I simplified down, boil down to is what we say. It's our communication out to the world um, about who we are, about what we offer. So marketing is what we say. Branding is a much bigger piece of that that incorporates all of these things sales, customer support, PR, all of it. Branding is what we do. It's who we are. Um, and there's no one thing that creates that. You know, it, it's it's how we treat people. It's how people view us. And those perceptions are made from a myriad of things. It's part of the communication we send out in that marketing, but it's also that PR piece we see on TV or in the magazine or a trade publication and an article um, it's how people viewed us the last time they bought from us and the kind of experience they had during that time, you know, so all of those things come together for branding, you know, so branding is kind of the catch all for all of it. that basically boils down to reputation, you know, big part of your name and, um, you know, and, and PR is, you know, as I view it is more of our public, um, our public face. That's how we are able to get that earned media, ideally earned um, media attention. So when we do get on air, on TV, on radio, um, even on smaller things like podcasts and all that could be considered PR um, articles and those things that we don't ideally have to pay for in terms of, you know, like we would for an ad, you know, paying for ads. That's our um, 
paid inorganic uh, efforts of marketing and all that. PR is more of the earned um, element that we don't necessarily pay for. We're there because they want us as an expert. Ideally, is how I see it. So, and then sales is a whole nother animal that we we support sales, but we are not sales. So, <laughs> it's a very important distinction. It's very hard for small businesses to see that, um, you know, because they think I need marketing and that, and they also think that means sales. So, I'll tell you. One of the first things we learned in our MBA program is marketing is not, imagine that equal is not sign, marketing is not a function of sales (laughs) or sales, vice versa, is not a function of marketing. So one does not equal the other. Um, Marketing is a support of sales, as is customer support, as you mentioned, as is quality control. Um, you know, all those things are a function of sales at the end of the day, but in a, in a perfect ideal environment, you have salespeople and it's their job to use the tools given to them by marketing to go out there and be ambassadors for you and get those sales in the door. Marketing just helps you set it up. They are back here creating, you know, their part of the brand, but salespeople are part of the brand too. You know, a bad experience with a salesperson creates a bad experience with the brand in general. So, um, so there it is. Brand branding is up here. It's the big umbrella that encompasses it all. PR has its piece. Marketing has its piece. Sales has its piece. Very important. And they all have to work together. Customer support. Um, the confusing part is when it's all boiled down to one person in a company and, you know, people are like, what? It's all the same, but it's really not. You described it so eloquently and it puts into perspective the continuing conversation that we've had on our platform. Uh, We had uh, David Gasco of Hierarchy, who you've met. Uh, We've had him on a few weeks ago talking about branding and now you with marketing and the explanation that you gave is just so spot on. So thank you for that. Thank you. (laughs) So you, you mentioned at a small being, you know, a small business owner, we all know small businesses wear many hats. And sometimes, oftentimes, it is that one person who is wearing all of the hats. Mm-hmm. And what size of a company does marketing play a role? Every size. Every single size, it plays a role. Every single size, it plays a role. Small, big, I don't care how big you get. Um, it does play a role, whether you like it or not. You know, there are some companies and I know you've met them and they might be, some of them might be your clients, Kimberly, who, um, you know, they just do so well on their own because, you know, either their owner is a great salesperson or whoever they have in business development is great at driving sales um, that they've never had to really do any formal marketing efforts. But even if you've never had formal marketing, as in you hired a marketing professional to do work for you, or you hired an agency to do some work at some point or freelance, whatever you did, even if you've never had that, somebody has been doing some kind of marketing function because somebody had to create a leaflet to go, you know, to, for you to march in a door with and leave behind something when you had an in-person meeting. Somebody had to create that PowerPoint presentation, um, you know, when you had your big wigs meeting to get your uh, new million dollar contract, someone did it. So whether you called it 
you know, official marketing or not, somebody did it. So uh, we're doing it, you know, and in a way, everybody's a little marketer, even with their own personal brand, um, you know, whether we like it or not, it, it exists. And so I would argue on every level of business, we all have to have marketing. We all do it. It's just some do it better than others, you know, depending on the expertise you have available to you. Right. Which is a very good explanation on our, on our side, even as a small business uh, or in talking to small businesses, we always say uh, have your advocates to go out and, you know, root for your company. And that is a form of, of marketing. So even if you are a business of one and you have brought in your customers or your clients by way of referral, that's still a form of, of marketing. You've, you've shared your business to the point where someone else can go out and be that advocate for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So let's talk about personalization even as a small business, if, if you're a small business of one, does personalization matter? And at what point as you grow, does personalization stop? Yeah, I think personalization, you know, the whole world is going custom now, if you think about it. Um, and, and it's just the better way to go. You know, in the past, when you think about traditional marketing and branding efforts, um, everything was masked because it kind of had to be on some level. It was all that was available to marketers, you know, so that's where the big Times Square ads came from and, you know, McDonald's as we know it and, uh, and all that was, was masked at some point, billboards, TV ads, all that um, is masked. And I, I would say that small businesses have the opportunity to do personalization better than the big businesses. Um, just because, you know, when you're small, it's, I think it's easier to personalize and customize than it is when you're big. When you're big, you start to have to pay for some really savvy, sophisticated systems to do it well. Um, you know, but you can still get around that if you know how, but, <laughs> but I think it's usable on all levels. And, but small businesses, especially, it just, it just um, pays off better for them, you know, because you, your, one of your big advantages is the ability to pay personalized attention um, to people. So the smaller you are, the more nimble, agile you are to respond, um, you know, to be there for your customer, to know exactly what they want and need. And, you know, so you have an opportunity to be there with customized solutions for them and all that good stuff. So yeah, I would say, uh, you know, if you're small, take advantage of it now. And then as you grow, you can still hold on to that personalization. It just might look a bit different. It would involve, you know, potentially some more sophisticated systems. You're going to connect it up with your CRM. You're going to be, um, you're going to be creating these nice, massive funnels for customer journeys and all that. And so, um, you know, and then the costs go up too, because your customer base is bigger. So, you know, whatever um, investments you make are going to have to be scaled as well. But, you know, on all levels, it just works better for business in general when we can speak to people one-on-one -on -one as opposed to one-to-many. Okay. And, and I appreciate that. So personalization is what you just said, that it's that one-on-one -on -one communication with your customer. And- mm -hmm being specific to your, your target audience. 
Right, exactly. Right. So it's customized to an individual, ideally, you know, and it's, it's more of it feels when it's done, right, it feels more like a one on one experience, even though you're just being smart about how you embed fields and email and all these wonderful things. Um, and the point of it all is, you know, we want to, we want to try to exceed expectations here, we want to stand out from the crowd a bit, we want to delight our customers if we can inspire them a bit because they said oh they actually said my name and they remembered that I like blush pink and you know <laughs> right I like my tea with coffee and sugar cubes or not coffee but you know cream and sugar cubes right. so you know those little things do set you apart from your competition it increases engagement it increases your sales when you do that and that's been proven across the board so when you can involve some personalization in what you do. Um, it just makes everything better. So that, that's just a fact. Okay. Now that that has become the norm across the board from a, a consumer's perspective, is that what people walk into a relationship expecting now? I think it kind of depends on the brand experiences they've had to date, you know, okay. so if you're a Nike fan, you might have experienced, you know, depending on where you buy it, it you might have experienced the ability to customize your shoes, um, you know, to your liking, your color choices and patterns and whatever and all that, uh, you know, and that's a Nike versus, you know, our small mom and pop shops here around the corner maybe they don't have the technology in place yet to do that kind of customization. So, you know, would we expect that from, you know, our shop around the corner? Maybe not, but would we expect a different level of customization, like remembering our names and, um, you know, actually putting our birthday in their system and giving us coupon codes, when, you know, when it's our birthday, things like that, you know, there's certain past a certain point, you know, I think, we've gotten an, enough personalized experiences now where it wouldn't surprise us per se if we got it, but depending on who it's coming from and depending how you do it, that might be a nice, surprising, delightful factor. Right. Okay. So I, I really like it when, you know, I engage with a brand that has remembered my name or remembered my yeah. birthday. So share with us, uh, what are some tactics that small businesses product and or service could implement as a part of their routine, especially if they've never utilized personalization before? Yeah. If they've never done it well, an easy thing um, is considering the packaging and this, and when I say packaging, you can think of how this applies to, even though these are very different worlds, how it applies to a product, like a physical product or good and an actual service, you know, but the packaging of that, um, can we apply a name? Can we involve some data about that client or customer um, that we happen to know, you know, and incorporate that into their offering? Um, you know, so if I happen to know um, Kimberly loves gaming you know, and she's a gaming fan, can I perhaps filter her in my system and say, I want all my gaming people to get this kind of message because I know they love it. 
Um, or on your birthday, can I say, because you're a gaming fan, here's an extra la la la, you know, it might even, that's not even necessarily have anything to do with gaming, but it's just the fact that you remembered and had it on file somewhere um, that makes people say, that is right. I do. I am a gaming fan, you know, <laughs> and they knew that that was cool. Um, yeah. So, so I would say, you know, there's some cool, cool things happening in that world of, um, of personalization, uh, some of the bigger things, but maybe coming down to scale where, you know, it might be more accessible to small businesses. Certainly, certainly these businesses started out, you know, very small. Um, there's a really cool company. They're out in West Tennessee and they, um, they're called Fit My Foot. And what, what they do is they have a little app they created and you take your phone and you go and take a picture of your foot um, you know, with all these different angles that they tell you how to do. And then they take those pictures and your choices of patterns and colors, and they manufacture this insole that's customized to your foot and your foot only. And it's got your name on it. You know, like somehow all this personalization boils down to a, a couple of data points at the end of the day, like your name and your birthday and things like that. But it's just the fact that it's customized to your foot, like nobody else can buy that. And it's made just for you. And they 3D print these things, Kimberly. They're like 3D printing these things in mass. So, you know, they're extracting all this data from just your images and this app they created. And they're making this footwear that nobody else can wear but you. And then it has your name on it on top of that. And so this whole made to order footwear thing is amazing. And the company that did that, they saw their orders double year on year since they started back in 2014. And now they're making like um, hundreds of thousands of these, you know, custom footprint arch things every year, and they could easily scale it up. So, you know, that's 3D printing. And that's how people have been customizing um, a product. And I think, you know, companies like that will continue to do great. And so they started somewhere, somebody invested in 3D printing and said, we're going to make this awesome physical product and, um, and make it amazing for people. So yeah, it's really cool. That's a great example of how a business, a small business can really own their niche and personalize it for their audience to scale and grow. I love that. Thank you for that. So what about content um, to the tune of videos or social media posts? Is th are there opportunities for personalization there? Yes, absolutely. And I want to, um, I am actually going to give you some visuals, Kimberly. Okay. Because I got it here. So I'm a visual person. <laughs> Let me know if you can see my screen. I'm going to blow this up for you. Yep. All right, so this is kind of cool. Um, I mean, all of us have been subject to retargeting, you know, so certainly this is within reach for, for every business owner. You know, you can invest in some ads for yourself on Facebook, on Google. Um, you know, so this is an ad with Expedia and it says, want to get away tonight? Book and save with our last minute deals. And so the people who saw this ad then got served up this other ad also by Expedia. And, um, you know, so they saw that. And then it says time is ticking, planning a trip to Whistler. 
And so um, it's just hitting you back again with some more messaging because they know you clicked on it the first time and they're like, they want to go to Whistler. Let's just keep putting it in front of their face until they get to Whistler. <laughs> like that gentle push. Yes. You know, so we've all been subject to that. Certainly, you know, retargeting is available to all of us. Um, this is an easy one, you know, doing some personalized video and voice messages, you know, so you can be, be on Instagram, send someone a video message in their DM, you know, they're a prospect, you're thinking of them, or they haven't even met you yet, but you send them a video uh, or a voice message, that's going to get opened um, all day long, you know, because not many people are doing that yet. And you can do that as a small business owner, for sure. Uh, that's an easy way. Quizzes are a really awesome way, um, you know, because you put out a quiz and, you know, people love quizzes. They get shared like, like a ridiculous amount. Most get shared 1900 times is the average that a quiz gets shared. And, um, you know, if you can personalize it to people and make all of those um, quizzes personalized, then people love it even more. But what's great about it is not only are you providing some cool information to someone in the process of doing a quiz that's around your, you know, your core service offering areas. Um, but you're also getting information back from those people in the process. And so you're going to use that data later to, you know, personalize offerings, communication to people later. So that's another form of content. You know, it's a quiz. It could be done as a formal quiz, it could be done as a post and you want people to comment and then you give them something for commenting. Um, that's definitely accessible for, for small businesses for sure. Um, this is one, it takes a little time to get together, but this is a whole chatbot thing, chatbot series, you know? So, um, so this is like my own chatbot. And when people come and say, Hey, yes, what's up? They get served. This is, this is one flow of, of a couple that they can get into, but it's given them all this, these freebie contents, freebie goodies um, that they can take advantage of. And anybody can do a chat, but, you know, it's not so horrendous what you get, once you get into it. Um, I actually had a lady do this for me and which I think she's fabulous. So, um, cause I don't have time to learn this. So Either you could take the title or, or you could pay someone, right? So yeah. um, this is what I invested in, but I love it. And people use it all the time and they're downloading this stuff and they're getting in my funnel. And, um, but it uses their name and it uses their, you know, it's being smart about the responses that they're telling people, uh, which is real cool. So the chat bots are awesome. This is one, on the, it's an oldie, but a goodie way back in the day, <clears throat> this, this, international flight. I think this is Dutch KLM. Um, I think it was around 2011 when Foursquare was still a thing. Remember Foursquare? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people were checking in on Foursquare and then they would tweet about it. Like I'm sitting here at gate, la 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 waiting forever and ever. And you'd see all these other people who checked in at that gate. Right. And um, what KLM was doing at the time was if they saw someone who did that, they would go, they pick someone they go um, check them out, you know, because you can see the, their social media that they're connected to. And they try to find something about them, you know, that they clearly liked. And then they would package up as a quick little gift and go hunt them down at the gate and give it to them. And, um, you know, that could potentially be viewed as stalking, but... <laughs> 
that's what people are doing, you know, because it's pub- if you made your profile publicly available, you know, it's public. So, yeah, but that's actually neat. I, I actually like that. Yeah, I do. I thought it was cool. And this guy's not mad about it. So, you know, he looks pretty happy. He got a random gift. So, <laughs> right. Who gets um, mad about receiving something, you know, for free? That's complimentary. Especially if it's from your airline. Like, it's not like it's a random stranger in the airport giving you some gift that you shouldn't take because it's a charger. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Um, this is an easy one too, very accessible to anybody. So this is someone who made an article off of a bunch of influencers on Twitter, people, you know, who were like, I think social media influencers who share about social media tactics and all that kind of thing. And they went and collected tweets, public tweets from them and made a little article about it and then put this image together with all these people and tagged them. And, um, you know, and all those people reshared it because they're like, oh, they are calling me an expert. How cool. Like, who wouldn't share that? Like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm an expert. Boom. Share that. (laughs) That's pretty cool. It is cool. Anybody can do that one. Um, you know, and so the point of all this is we want things that, that add ease and convenience for us, um, saves people time and all that good stuff. I'm just looking for the cool stuff. Okay, this is cool too. Email is a great way to personalize. So, you know, the difference between a, hey there, you know, with no name versus, hey, Sam, um, with an actual name. Just that difference alone with actually putting it in the body and the subject line Mm -hmm. increases open rates by 26%. 26%? Oh my goodness. I'm going to do that one as of today. (laughs) Do it. Do it. It's so so easy. All of us can insert that name field. And um, so for sure do it. And that's why, you know, it's so important to get that first name, you know, when you get it and then try to scrub your lists and make sure they're not like all caps, like, hello, Sam, you know, so it was like, we're yelling at them or they're all lowercase because Mm -hmm. even if they're the ones who put that information in, but it looks bad when it comes back. So, yeah, but yeah, you know, if you collect that data up front, you can use that all day. Okay. Um, and that's just an example of like Converse using a name in a subject line. It says, John, get 20% off the Chuck Taylor All-Star 2 today. Um, you know, you use it in the actual body itself. Hey, Allie, you know, it's using their name in the body of the email. Um, and we just, it just works. Even though we know it's, a, you know, I know it's a male merge thing, but it doesn't matter. It's the fact that it's, it's my name and I see it and I like my name. So it works. This is kind of some of the cooler stuff that can be done, Kimberly. So, you know, you've got like an actual location. If you have been able to capture location information on your people, then you can t- you can separate out um, their offerings by city. You know, so if you had people on your list that are in Sydney, um, when we see that geotag, we can serve them up this image versus if they're in London versus if they're in New York. Um, and that, you know, this particular campaign, Join the Revolution campaign, um, that increased click-through rates by 29%, you know, just changing out the location alone. So if we do these things like personalizing by city, personalizing by name, 
um, personalizing by birthday, gender, this is a gender example, you know, male or female, you know, granted, and then there's some, some other categories now too, but, you know, if you have this simple gender list in your data, you know, you can serve up the ladies, this image and this, all this content can be different and all this content can be different for guys, you know, so you can separate it out by gender, um, by in, inactive people. So inactive people on your list, you know, you can segment them out and put some special messages like we know you haven't been here in a while you know (laughs) come back um you can serve up different product or services you know based on their behavior you know so if you noticed that they were checking out these bed sheets for example or you know separate switch that out for services you know if they were checking out these services on your site um and then just didn't buy, can we serve them up an email that says, saw you liked it, we know you want it, um, you know, kind of a thing. So there's all kind of, let me not show you all these. There's so many, there's probably too many here, but, um, you know, this one, I'll just do this last one, but this is connecting with Shopify. So, you know, if you were one of those people who use Shopify for, this is all for physical products, but if you're one of those people who use Shopify, can you say, I want to find all the customers who spend over $200 and I'm going to consider those my VIP people. Okay. And so you can connect up your Shopify or your CRM or whatever and say, all these people are now my VIP people and I want them to get this message, not this message. Um, that's a way of personalizing and customizing. So. I love the examples. Thank you so much for sharing that and giving us that that demonstration. And it really put a visual to all of the examples that you've talked about this evening. So that was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. So now you shared with us the examples. We've talked about personal personalization and with the Sephora example, which was the, the last example that was the segmentation. Uh, talk about the importance of segmentation. Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, all of this works because oh. of the data we're able to get from people. Um, you know, and so it all leans on data. We can't personalize if we don't have the data to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're not connect, if you're not collecting data now this is the time to get on the bandwagon. It's no better time than the present. So go ahead and get started. And, you know, what you can do is you can start your email lists. Um, you can even update your email forms if you already have an email list going. Um, or even if you don't, make sure your email list form is collecting all the stuff that you would ever want to personalize on. You know, so consider consider that afresh. You know, is it name birthday, gender, if you have physical products, is it sizes? Um, Is it business type B2B versus B2C? Um, You know, there's so many different things we can consider, you know, if we really think about how do I want to be able to talk to my target in the future? Um, If you just spend a little time thinking about that, it'll help you figure out the data you really want. And that can help inform how you capture data in the future. So your email forms need to reflect that. Um, 
And it might seem like a lot because in a perfect world, you know, an email sign up is just a first name and an email and boom, I will send you something for it. Um, you know, but you could always send a little customization email back and say, we're so happy that you joined our list. By the way, um, tell us what you like, you know, or what you're interested in. Take, take two minutes and do that. And we're going to send you X, Y, Z, or we're going to put you, you know, like sweeten the pot a little bit to make people want to do it. So um, yeah, your email forms, those quizzes can be a good way to get it in the future. Um, you know, using your data from Google Analytics or whatever, but just think of all the places where you can get data on your target. And if you're not getting it yet, how you can get it in the future um, so that you can do some of this cool stuff that helps you sparkle and shine with your customers. Right. And all of it is pretty cool. And, and I appreciate as well as our viewers appreciate the fact that you've shown how you can do these things as a small business to help scale and grow. That's really important. Yes, absolutely. Because we can't all do, you know, some of the things that a big budget corporation can do. But, you know, like I said, there's plenty, plenty of customization options available to us um, as small business owners, and we should be using it all the time. Absolutely. And you as the expert, as I as I check the Facebook Live, because this is the point when we usually accept questions from the audience. And as I'm doing that, for you as an expert, share with us how we can get in touch with you when we want to do business with the ADS agency. Ooh, fabulous. Okay, let me, let me, actually, I'm going to pull that up for you so you can see it. Um, but basically the best way right now is with my social media. So I'm going to hide this little thing. Here's our Shopify. Yeah, it's right here. So um, I am putting together a brand personalization little checklist. So if you want it, just DM me and say, you know, personalization or something. So I know you want this. And then when it's ready, I'll be sending it to people. But um, yeah, you can hit me up at the ADS agency. It's right here. T-H-E-A-D-S, like as like advertising agency. And also all the other freebies like this little checklist is currently at alisters.club. So Kimberly, if, if you don't know, I'm all about Clubhouse right now. And that is my new Clubhouse domain, alisters.club. So yeah, you can find all the freebies there. So we have to take a moment to talk about Clubhouse. It wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about Clubhouse. <laughs> so share with our audience about Clubhouse and your experience so far on the platform. Okay, I love it. I absolutely love it completely. Um, you know, what's so amazing about that platform, if, if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, um, is they call it drop-in audio. So you could think of it like, interactive radio, you know how you can call in, you know, old school call into the radio with a, with a question or a comment. Um, it's a little bit like that, except for you're all in the room at the same time. And you can basically take turns passing the mic um, and having this conversation about any topic. And what's amazing about it is, you know, because I've seen some people who are like, Clubhouse, 
it's like Zoom and just cut off your video and everybody caught their video and just listen. And that's Clubhouse, which is inaccurate. That is not <laughs> Although I get it, you know, people are like, what's so special? You're just talking, it's just audio. Um, what is special about it is, you know, Kimberly, like, you know, if to get here on camera, we can't just like, we got to do something with ourselves a little bit and, you know, make sure we're somewhat presentable enough to be on camera, uh, you know, versus on audio, there's none of that. You just, you know, you turn on the app and you're there and you're talking. Another thing people, um, are you there already, Kimberly? You're there already? I, I am not there, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> okay. We, when you're, oh yes, we talked about that a little bit. Yes. So um, the other thing that's cool about it is, you know, it's, it's bringing intelligence back to the space. It's making intelligence sexy again. Um, you know, because you're short of just seeing a little avatar pick of someone um, and you have their bio, which you can click through. And then all it connects to after that is Instagram or Twitter. Uh, which is a good reason right now, if you're not on it, optimize those two, those two spaces. If you have, I know you do, Kimberly, um, you know, right now, because every, every single person, whenever you're on stage speaking, um, they're going to click through and see who you are, because that's all they can do while they're listening to you is, is see who you are for real. And uh, so that's a little tip right now, optimize your Instagram and whatever link you've got in there in your bio, consider that's how people are going to enter your funnel at the end of the day. So make it a good link where they can connect to all your good stuff. Um, but, you know, the other thing that's great about it is the algorithm, unlike Instagram, Facebook, which is like largely people we already know or we've been connected to a long time. Um, unlike LinkedIn, you know, where we're just finding people for professional purposes for the most part and, um, you know, unlike all those places, it's putting some people in front of you that you would have otherwise never run into on those other platforms, like never, and also never run into in real life, um, you know, just because they are all over the world. They're, they're in those rooms from Australia. They're in there from the UK. They're in there from various places in Africa, and they're all in there, you know, with uh, whatever time zone they're in, they're in there, and they are listening to you. And so it's just a cool opportunity um, to get to hear the minds of someone. You know how they say like on a date, you know, you're on a date and, um, and you get all these wonderful first impressions, you know, from a distance, not even a date. This is like networking out and about. You just meet someone and they look good from a distance and then you come up and talk to them. And, and you always have heard that comment where they're like, well, they were good up until they opened their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Clubhouse is the opening of your mouth part. You know, that is the piece where, you know, you kind of you kind of get to get rid of all the distractions of the visuals and get to focus on someone's what, you know, what someone has to say. And so um, it, I think that's why people are getting so addicted to it. They are loving that place. And um, I'm, I'm over the addictiveness now. It's been like a month, so I'm over it. But but um now it's the, to the point where you can now be strategic about your involvement with the whole thing. So, you know, you can be strategic about the rooms you go in. Um, they have a thing called moderators, which is kind of like 
the leaders in the room, so to speak, they have the power to bring people up on stage and put them down and, you know, I'll shut the room down or open it and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a big deal ish to get to be a moderator in the room. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff like that to be explored, but, you know, you can be strategic about the rooms you go into, you know, you're going to be in the business rooms, giving out your PR expertise and, um, you know, people are going to be asking you all kinds of questions like they would here on Facebook. So, so yeah, that's all a long way to say it is a marvelous new platform. I love it even better than TikTok. And I didn't think I was going to like TikTok at all. And I still, I like TikTok, but I love Clubhouse. That is saying a lot. So you all have heard it here first. Andrea from the ADS agency has brought Clubhouse to BSRM and we are excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you guys need your own club. You know, so it's kind of called Clubhouse because there's all these clubs, you know, that host these rooms. You know, BSRM can have its own club all around reputation management and everything else. And, you know, there's certainly the gaming rooms too. You can certainly be involved with those in the agriculture space. I know you love that too. So you're going to get in there and have a field day connecting with all these people and you're going to get all kinds of guests for your podcast, you know, for um, everything you have going on with these shows. And um, you're just going to love it. I know you are. So when, uh, when you get there, you will love it. We, we can't wait. It will be soon. We'll be joining the A-listers on your platform and we're going to create our own on that, on that platform too. I can't wait. Well, we will do a room together and it, and <laughs> That will be your first time to shine on the platform. It would be awesome. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Yes. Well, now we're going to turn it over to Facebook because we do have a number of questions from the audience. Okay. So Lori Green. Hi, Lori. She asks, it seems that data is critical to personalizing how things are sent to your customers how do you get this data? So good. Yes. And this, okay, this is, this is why all this is important now. So there's a couple ways you can go about getting it. And some of the most accessible that I would say is those email signups. However, you're getting people to sign up for email. And also quizzes are pretty pretty easy to run and get information as well. Think of quizzes like little surveys, basically, but you're just calling them fun quizzes, but but you're collecting all this data while they're doing this fun quiz. So those are two awesome ways to get it that are real accessible for everyone. But the email signups, you can easily get through, um, there's a service I love called Lead Pages. And with Lead Pages, you can easily create just a simple um, landing page, so to speak, is a one-page site, if, you, if you're not familiar with that term. And all you're doing is you're getting people to give you your email, a first name and an email in exchange for um, a freebie, you know, like a checklist, that kind of thing. Very easy, little one-pager thing you create. You know, it doesn't have to be a 50-book you know, novel going on, a 50-page thing. It could be so short and simple. Um, but they're, you're giving them something in value in exchange for their email. And in addition to that, you can collect even more information besides just a first name and an email. You could potentially collect a city. You could potentially collect a birthday. Um, or you can go back to your list, you know, after you started growing that list, 
you can go back there and ask those people, you know, hey, take two minutes. We've got a little raffle prize for tickets to whatever conference. And, you know, if you fill this out, we'll put you in a drawing for this kind of prize, or we'll just automatically send you this freebie that we've got to anybody who fills this out. And you can use that time to ask them to fill out all that other information, you know, that you want. So it could be gender, it could be city, birthday, um, sizes. I mean, those are the ones I kind of go to all the time, but you know, those are kind of the basics, but you don't let that limit you, you know, think through what matters to you and your business and how you want to be able to personalize for people. Think through that first and then build your forms, um, through these landing pages or email list forms on MailChimp, Constant Contact, whatever you're using um, to collect that data that you want down the road. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So the next question that's asked, when people register to be an owner, we didn't get uh, demographic data initially. Uh, this is Lori Green with Market 166 Kitchen and Grocery. How do we get it from the old owners? So essentially people who are already in the system, but you know, not having collected that data, how do you go back to get it from them? Okay, do they have email? Is, so they've got something, they've got some kind of information. Do they mm-hmm. have emails? Yes, they do have a newsletter that they, that they okay. send out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, so use the newsletter, you know, just like I was saying, use it as like a, like how you would um, get information for any survey, you know, put a nice carrot out there. It's got to be nice enough, you know, think about what you would take two, five minutes for to answer somebody's questions that you know is for their benefit, but really is to help them to um, put a nice little carrot out there, hundred dollar gift card, little iPad mini, depends, you know, depends on how big your list is. Um, or, you know, like I said, a freebie for everyone, you know, if you fill this out, you get, everybody gets a free pint of la 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 ice cream. If it's a grocery store, for example. Um, and then that's how you kind of throughout the year entice people to fill out that new information, um, for an old list. And then, so, you know, work on that, do that a couple of times throughout the year until you get, you know, 60% of people, that's pretty good, you know, for a list. If they're active users, maybe you want to go for 80% if they're active on your list. Um, That's for the old list. And then going forward for the new list, then you can create all the data you want to use through the forms that you collect, um, you know, and all that kind of thing. So forms are a good way. And then if you have a good Google Analytics person, they can even help you even more, you know, find more data on people, your Facebook ads and stuff can give you information too. So, um, so the new stuff you can control and the old stuff, you know, use those systems of um, surveying, basically, you know, creative surveying or quizzes and collect data on the old database. That's great. And the last question is, is it appropriate to ask for gender, sexual orientation, et cetera? Yeah. But what you can say is you can always put in the option, prefer not to say, mm-hmm. but we've all seen that. So it could be male, female, identify as male, identify as female. And Kimberly, you're very familiar with these demographic labels and everything. So yes. you know, um, I would say do a little HR friendly research, you know, before you do that for the first time. But you, as long as you always put in 
prefer not to say you're covered. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yes. So we've had a very great discussion, very robust discussion. And thank you for staying on for almost an hour, Andreas, <laughs> to talk really? about personalization. This has been a very fun conversation. So before we depart, tell us what is the number one item to note about the need for businesses to create and deliver personalized content? Ooh, the number one thing. Yes. I would say it's all about data. I think, you know, the power of personalization lies in the data. So if you can get the data, then you then have the power to personalize going forward. So as you learn, you know, like your friend, like your friend was saying on, um, on Facebook there, you know, she didn't get any information from the old list at all. You feel powerless because you can't personalize right now. So the power is in the data. If you don't have it, go get it. Um, if you don't know how to get it, hit up your girl, Kimberly. Uh, she definitely knows how to get it. And then, you know, if, if you need me, I'm here too. And we'll help you figure out how to go get that data. But it's all about data at the end of the day. If you've got the data, you can personalize. And you should because the world is going to personalization. And you should be a part of that. That, that's a great answer. And you know what, might, might I add to that? You and I have worked together previously. I look forward to the, the projects in the future that we'll work on together. Uh, please share for those who want to bypass me and go directly to you. I'm fine with that. Please share again, how can people reach you? Yes. So um, great way to reach us is on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you are, it's the ADS agency. That's T-H-E, the ADS, like ads, like advertising up there on my show, ADS uh, agency, the ADS agency. And you can also go to our site, the ADS agency.co, not.com.co because it's cool. And uh, yeah, yeah. I hope to see you there. Wonderful. Well, we've had a great discussion. I've had so much fun talking with you, Andrea, this evening. And for those who are interested in BSRM, please visit us online at bluereputation.today. And if you'd like to receive our business tips on a weekly basis, opt in to blue tips at 63975. We've got a new announcement. We're coming out with our new website. We're marching into digital marketing in March. So we're releasing our new website on March 1st. So please visit us on our new website, which will be bluescorpionrm.com. So we look forward to seeing everyone uh, in, in the future, looking forward to our continued relationship with Andrea at the ADS Agency. Thank you again for coming on this evening. And anytime, Andrea, you have something new to share, like Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to do a whole thing about Clubhouse. We have to, because it's too good. It's too good. Yes. Well, when you have new content to share, please consider us to come back. We'd love to have you. Will do, and I'm going to have to have you on ADS soon, you know, to touch, give us all the good tips on now digital marketing and PR. So. Yes, that's right. Yes, a powerhouse. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly. It's been so awesome. Thank you. And to our viewers this evening, you all have a great evening, and we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.